Coast FM, good morning. Thanks for joining us here at the station with the classic hits and a Saturday morning gardening gang. Yes. With Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. Good morning, Pete. You look Pete. very flash today. What have you been doing? Oh, been I think you've had an eye lift. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ah, those new glasses you're wearing. They're new. gorgeous. But that's so funny because I'm looking at you and we've got the same glasses. <laughs> we've both got new specs and they're exactly the same they sort are. of frame, the clear frame. We've both been to Oscar Wilde. We've been a, we? Yes, we have. <laughs> so funny. And this could be a new photo for the board here at Coast <laughs> FM. What a thing. What a thing. <laughs> now, today we're talking about them cactuses. We've been getting a lot of inquiries about cactuses and also I found the Central Coast Succulent and Cactus Club and I thought what an interesting thing to dive into. And of course, if we're talking about succulents, we have to speak to our favourite succulent queen, Susan from Susan Succulents oh, is joining yes, she's us. Oh, great. She's got some great news for us oh, today. She's got some great news about a very unusual type of succulent that uh, I think you'll quite like, Pete, because she says that it lives for a very long time and it's almost indestructible, so you'll love that one. And second hour, we have a new chef. We've loved having Chef Paulie Mac, but he's gone on to bigger and better things. No, not bigger and better. He's gone sideways to something else he's gone as back well. Home. He's, gone, he's going back home over to the UK and we, just, we have loved having Paulie Mac on. We've got another local chef that's joining the gang, Chef Daniel, and he's from the Baker Street Restaurant in Gosford, a wonderful fellow, and joining the gardening gang. And he'll be talking about a cactus that you can eat, Pete. Oh, that'll be a big challenge. Mm, it'll be really good. Looking forward to that challenge today. That's right. It's a new faces and voices today mm-hmm. on the gardening gang with Pete and Sheldon, but we're still here. As long as we need to be. (laughs) In the meantime, stay with us and thanks for joining us today. Being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs. And they're based at uh, Wyoming, of course, and Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy today on the Gardening Gang Cactuses have come to mind, cacti, whatever you want to call it. And we found um, the boss... Oh. We found the president of the Central Coast Cactus and Succulent Club, that is Sandra Harris. And Sandra, they tell me you got that position by default. Uh, yes, well, I was nominated and voted in and, well, I had to take it, otherwise no club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, it, is the Succulent Club very active here on the coast, uh, Sandra? Um, we've actually had a decline since, um, since COVID. And we'd love to increase our membership. Well, perhaps part of our interview may, uh, you know, get people motivated to uh, get so. involved there. Well, yeah, it'd be great to see new members. So even teenagers can get involved, can they? They sure can. Okay, yep. that sounds wonderful. Now, I've got a question for you, Sandra. Would you be more yep. inclined towards the succulent side or the cactus side of uh, these plants? Um, I'm more of a succulent lover, but I do like the odd cactus. Sherilyn is more of a cactus person. But I'm fascinated (laughs) by these clubs. What sort of things do members get up to in these clubs? You're kidding me. Oh, it's a bit prickly, I know. (laughs) What happens? What happens? Are there meetings? Are there classes? Yeah, the the legal stuff anyway. (laughs) We have one meeting every month on the third Saturday of every month. We have plant competitions. You can enter your cactus and your succulent. We have a raffle table, so members bring stuff in to put on the raffle, like plants or plant-related stuff. Uh, members bring plants in to sell at every meeting, and mm. the price is very reasonable. Yeah, it's great. So where do you hold your monthly meetings, Sandra? At the moment, we're in the community hall at Tom Honeyman on Narara Avenue, out behind the shop. I know where that is, Sharon. I know. It's just down Not the road from, from the me. Pub. It's <laughs> just down the road. I'm at Lake Memorial. I'm glad to see more things happening on the north of the coast. You should go down there and lecture these people on the I'm benefits of, uh, yeah, whatever. Well, Cacti. No, they could probably lecture me, let me tell you, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Now, I've got a little birdie told me, Sandra, as well, that you've got a sale coming up that everybody could go to. Yes, on Saturday the 2nd of March, mm-hmm. we have a sales day at the, at the community hall at Tom Haven. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a good one. And I've just found out yesterday we'll have no Xpost facility. Ah, oh, cash oh, only. Our, really? Cash our only? Our secretary is um, out on a cruise and he has all the Xpost stuff set up on his phone. Hang on so, a minute. I'm a, I'm a bit sus on this. He's gone on a cruise and he's taken the yeah, FPOS so with him on his phone. The Wait a minute. So a a Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So cash only, and that's in Charmhaven, first weekend yep. of March. Okay. Saturday the 2nd of March, yep, 9 a.m. Sandra, what 
what tell me your history with uh, these plants. Have you been involved with uh, the, the the succulent uh, plant in terms of your interest? Uh, yes, I have. Um, I have quite a large plant collection. I'm hoping to downsize very soon. Mm. Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> At the sale, um, she can yeah, throw no. them in the sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had a green sun for a long time. Um, I also have my own small garden maintenance business. I've got my certificate three in horticulture. Currently mm-hmm. studying to do teaching. So, oh, yeah. a teaching teaching horticulture. Hopefully, yeah. Oh, wow. We need more people like that. And have you written any books like Cheryl and has? Gosh, why do you have no, to bring that up? No, I have not. She'll show you it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All that it's works, not. a little return. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. I'm not the one that benefits. I do always, I do always read your, paper, your page in the paper. Oh, thanks, Sandra. I like to support all the local plant people. That's what I do. Well, Sandra, I hope the club uh, flourishes mm. uh, beyond expectation after our discussion today. Is there is great. there a phone number or is there a website that people or can uh, a social check media out? page? Mm. Uh, we do have a Facebook page, uh, the Central Coast Cactus and Succulent Club Incorporated of Australia, because I know there's one in California that has a very similar name. Ah. <laughs> We had to tag Australia on the end there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we can find out about the meetings and the sale and everything yes, there. Yep, yep. All right. we'll all be on the Facebook page, yep. Well, I'll tell you what, Pete, I'm going to pop that Facebook page on the... Sorry. On your car window. No, exactly. Sorry. I'm <laughs> I gonna... think you should put it on your website. No, that's it. I'm going to pop that on the Coast FM Facebook page so everyone can go and find that's that one and jump along. Yes, sir. No, I, I'm very a generous nice. person. That's it. I'm sure Sandra would love to hear those words. She would. Full support from the gardening gang, Sandra. Have a lovely weekend, and we uh, certainly hope your sales day goes fabulously well. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. All the best there. Sandra Harris there from the uh, Central Coast Cactus and Succulent Club here on the coast. They need your support. They do. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn. Pete, we're talking about unusual plants this morning for the garden and you know who's got the most unusual on the coast, I think? Well, I've got to say, (laughs) over there at Empire Bay, there's a place called Susan's Succulent. You got it. And there's a gal called Susan on the line right now. (laughs) Hello, Susan. Hey, Susan. Hi. Yeah, hi, Pete and Sherilyn. It's so lovely to be in the air with you. Now, Susan, it's a pleasure to have you on the air because you sound so sparkling and so knowledgeable about succulents and cacti and things like that. Sherilyn tells me you've, um, you, you're keen to talk about something a little different today. A very unusual yes. plant. Susan contacted yes. me and said, look, I don't think that this plant gets enough publicity. So, Susan, what is this plant? Well... Out of all the succulents, the most fascinating and the most colourful and um, the, they look like jewellery, a box of jewellery, sparkly. And nice. when they, yeah, and they can actually last for so long. They can last for over 100 years. What are they? So, what are they? A yes. longer than you, Pete. <laughs> what are Therefore, they? It's called Lipstop and it's commonly known as Living Stones. So, um, yeah, and they're actually a type of succulent. Basically, succulents are the plants that they got the capacity to store water mm-hmm. in their body. And, and these unusual plants that is originally come from South Africa, they can have the ability to store the water, uh, in their body and they can store it for months. So they can actually put up with no water for months. Are they called camels, are they? <laughs> <laughs> the camel they flower. Lot, they are a lot prettier than camels. <laughs> I'm actually looking at a picture of them now, well, Susan. On, I, they, I missed what? something. What are they called? Living stones. Yeah. They're called living, living stones? Living stones. Two words. There's no a special sto- name. Like they a, look like a little stone. But yes. is there a kind yep. of a, a special uh, plant name for them? Like the, um, it's called lip soft. Yeah, that's their scientific name is Lipsop. Huh? Lipsop. That's what they call. But they the common name is Living Stones. And look at this picture, yeah. Pete. They okay. look like little stones, like oh. jewelry stones. Like no, I wouldn't I say yes. like you know rocks. I would say like jewels. That's what they look like. Right, okay. And they're and they're, they're quite small though, aren't they, Susan? Yes, they are, they are, they are very small, and they mm. take a long time to grow. Ooh. And the reason why they are small is um. They, they originally from South Africa, the place where they live, it's semi-desert mm. with the wind blowing, the sun blasting on them. 
so they they can't go very big. Um, yeah, they and but they are actually very smart plants. They they know how to store water with their with their big fat body. So they're oh. called the fatties. That the fatties on the uh, on the desert, and and when when it is rain, they they capture as much water as they can in their big fat belly, and. <laughs> And then they go very slow, you know. They 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 just like I'm gonna bury myself semi underground, and I camouflage oh. like a like a pebble, so they're not being pecked by birds or other animals. Mm-hmm. So they're very smart plants. And then they use the water slowly, slowly. And when it is summer, it is very hot. Mm-hmm. They're so clever. They go to sleep, so oh. they can keep the water last longer. Oh, they're very mm-hmm. adaptable, aren't they? Yeah, they're very clever. This now, is why they Susan, can do a hundred years. Now, down there at uh, Empire Bay, you don't have any droughts down there. There's no desert. So how do they flourish at your place? Yes. So it, you have to use a very special mix with at least 50% gravel in the potting mix. You can go up to 70%. Um, so you need to use a very well-trained cacti soil, yeah. succulent soil, yeah. with Seven fifty to seventy percent gravel. We we have to mix mix the environment they like mm. and they they adapt to. So yeah, keep the um, well drainage soil and keep the water very light over summer mm-hmm. um, because they don't like summer or winter. But they, they after summer, what they do is they actually got flowers coming out and. The flowers. So well, doggone! That'll be soon. They'll be in flower. They'll be coming through. Yes, yeah, they goodness. will be in flower. Especially they flower after Easter, so it is actually really good to um, make a present with living stones because they look like a box of chocolate. Oh, oh they, God! And yeah, and then after that, your chocolate can actually flower for you. Uh, now, Susan, let's take us yep. back to that box of chocolates. I can get the Cadbury's box for about eight bucks. How much am <laughs> I paying for these things? Oh, in our nursery, you can have them for only five dollars per living stone. What? It's cheaper than a cup of coffee, and they last for a hundred years for you. <laughs> and now that's value. They are so easy to look after. <laughs> I got so many customers that this is the only plant that they don't kill. So uh, all the black fingers, brown fingers, mm, Pete Littles, the Pete Littles. <laughs> well, we're too late for uh, Valentine's Day, but oh. maybe what's Easter. the next event coming up? Easter. Easter. It could be an Easter yes, Easter idea. Yes. Yeah. And they, they look so cute. They look like the baby bum. They're just so, you, you just want to squeeze them. They're just so cute. <laughs> no baby's bumps. They do. I can see it's got a little split there in there. I, I love this, Susan. Thank you so yeah. much. Well, Susan, and, we look forward to uh, more of your uh, new, uh, shall we say, findings mm, in that uh, yeah. garden of yours. Mm. And, and where about you go, yep. I have one really important message oh. because um, living stones, they actually taught me so much about life. They live in the desert. They mm. don't have much soil. They don't have rain. And they don't expect much. And they take life as it is. And when things get tough, they literally just go to sleep and don't worry about the weather or any problems. I once I heard about a very wisdom, like smart man say, if you don't worry about it, 99% of the problems will go away. Yes, so don't worry, things, be happy. I when, agree with that. things get tough, yep. I tell myself, just, just think like a living stone and enjoy life as it is. Yes, bury your head in the sand. <laughs> He's not doing that. Susan's got good advice there. Thank you so much. You have a beautiful day. Thanks, Susan. We've been speaking with Susan of Susan Succulents there from Empire Bay about living stones. How fascinating, Pete. Fabulous. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM with Pete and Sherilyn this morning. It's the Gardening Gang. And uh, Sherilyn, I just had a question that I was... I was thinking about you the other day, and the oh. reason for that, I was at home by myself. Oh, right. No, I wasn't <laughs> thinking about anything more than food, you see. Oh, I thought, well, I would need to either make a choice here today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a pizza from the local pizza burger shop, right. or I'm going to make something myself. Mm. And knowing you're an expert chef, <laughs> as well as a very, very capable gardener, mm-hmm. what would you have chosen for me? To cook. To cook. Here I am by myself. There's it, a garden outside. Right. There's bits and pieces in the, in the fridge. fridge. Yeah. 
Where well, do I go? Make a soup? No, 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 no. You're not going to make a soup or anything. You make a make stir fry, Pete. You're oh. going to make a stir fry. So find something like an onion or some spring onions in the fridge. Get that in there. Fry that up. Mm-hmm. Then chop up any vegetables you've got. The hard vegetables first. Throw them in. So carrots, things like that. Shred yeah. them up. Yeah. Throw them in. And then some other things like leafy greens or whatever. You can put anything in a stir fry. Look, honestly, I'll even chop up cherry tomatoes and chuck them in. You know, you, you really can. I go crazy. <laughs> go out and have a look in the garden and see what's there. And then you might have some leftover, I don't know, barbecue chook. A bit of chook there. A bit of, chook, yeah. bit of something like that. Yeah, 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 a bit of me- leftover, leftover sausages even, anything like oh. that. Throw them in, a little bit of meat in there, and then you can just have that on its own or you can have a bit of rice. You know those packets of rice that you just throw in the microwave? I always oh, have some yes, of those. Oh, yes, yes. Uncle Ben, one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. just so good to have on hand oh, to throw in idea. with stuff. Yeah, you know, you don't have cool. to have them on their own. Stir fry a bit of veggies, cook up one of those, throw those in, and you've got a meal in about five or ten minutes. Faster than you can dial a pizza, Pete. <laughs> well, that's a good solution, Sherilyn. Thank you. And if I'm pulling things out of my own uh, garden, right, I'll feel a Do whole that. lot more, uh, you know, yeah. devoted to gardening. I some suppose. herbs as well. Throw some herbs in the garden. All that. There a bit of uh, soy sauce, maybe. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's got me. There's always a solution when you talk to Miss Darcy. Oh, there is. Right here at Coast FM. Pete Little, Sherilyn Darcy this morning with the Gardening Gang on the radio. And uh, we've got uh, someone on the phone at the moment who's mm-hmm. a regular guest, and she's pretty hot. Oh, I think could it be? it's What's Hot Vicky. Hello. Good morning. Yay. Hello, everybody. Good we've morning. Got, uh, what's Hot Vicky from Narara Valley Nursery standing mm-hmm. by now with uh, all those wonderful uh, specials and good deals in the independent nursery industry around the Central Coast, right, Vicky? That's right. So where are we starting now? We're going to start at Burbank House and Garden at Erina Heights. Good idea. They have, and I know Sherilyn knows this because I saw her little comment. Oh. They've got Stephanotis, the wedding flower. Ooh. It's a climber and it's extremely fragrant. It would be awesome to cover a trellis with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you worked with those before? I thought I, I, I have. When I was training in floristry, we used to have to wire them. If you if you want to look at photographs of Princess Diana, her wedding bouquet, that's the plant, that's the flower, that's all the trailing white flowers oh, that go down on it. There you go. There you go. Inside of knowledge there. There you go. That's awesome. So it's a long vine of flowers, isn't no, it? No, you make it turn into – oh, it grows oh. the vine, but you actually wire all of the flowers, okay. little tiny flowers up, yes. and so they look like this wired, beautiful trailing thing. It's a very – it's a hard thing to do. Oh, my fingers are hurting thinking about it. Anyone who's a florist out there knows about it. Ooh. And they <laughs> and, smell beautiful, Oh, they, they smell gorgeous. Okay, we've got that Okay, covered. back on track. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget, Angus Stewart will be the special guest at the Wildflower Meadow Talk, and the talk is about creating wildflower meadow gardens, mm-hmm. and that will be 2 p.m. this coming Thursday. Do not miss out. I won't be able to go because I will be here working, but I would definitely go if I didn't have to work, maybe a sick day that day. Right. And nothing. Uh, you just fancy him, that's all. <laughs> we do. I'm fangirling hard. Hope Noel's not tuning in. <laughs> and nothing sucks about succulents at Forest's Beach Garden Centre because they are loaded up to the max with heaps and heaps of succulents to sort all the succulent nerds out. Mm. Mother Earth Nursery. I haven't even seen this before. Now, tell me if you've seen these, Sherilyn. Yep. They're ornamental passion fruit. No. They're climbing and they're, they've got these massive... Salmon-coloured flowers, about 10 to 15 centimetres. They're huge. I've never even known there was an ornamental passion fruit vine. Could have made that as a fact or fib, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and it's palms, palms, palms at Charmhaven Garden Centre. They've got bangalows and cascade palms coming out of their ears. So you've got a palm for the sun and a palm for the shade. Ah, lovely. Oh, a nice little match there. Now, Vicky, if you were to cast your eye around the Narara Valley Nursery... What positive yeah. features would you like to share with us today? This is a very positive feature. This is the most exciting thing that we've had this year, mm. and it's our exciting new range of bush tucker. Ooh. So it's such a good range. It's amazing, and we've got so many different varieties. We've got strawberry gums, chocolate lilies, native raspberries, cinnamon myrtle, medium berries, bush mint river mint, native thyme, Blue tongue, burkett and plums, and blueberry lilies. And, and how big are those bottles? Two hundred mils, or oh, these are <laughs> plants. 
<laughs> I think they thought they might be processed food, you know. No, no, nothing processed about these. <laughs> I tell you what, the native raspberries, that's what you've got there, is it? Yes, native raspberries, but they're very prickly. They they need a warning sign because they do get stuck in your hair and they do stab you a little bit. They do a bit, but they grow really, really well on the central coast and they're delicious. I've got I've got that tip for you. So if you're looking for some bush tucker, I'd highly recommend those. And just a quick side note, if your name is Nathan and you like bananas, we also have a banana tree here called Nathan Bananas. There you go. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Will you call that bush tucker as well or is that real tucker? No, I don't banana think so. Tucker. Okay. Just little tiny bananas <laughs> on a little tiny banana tree. So Nathan. Very cute. <laughs> okay, now now as we sit in our uh, armchairs on a Saturday morning, time for that fantastic game. Is it a fact or is it a fib? Listen in, kids. Right, we're both ready? Okay. Right. Ready. I'm uh, excited. Earlier in the program, we were talking about cacti. So I thought, why don't I exactly. find a botanical history or botanical fact here or fib? Okay, here we go. The longest spine found on any cacti is three feet long, two what? and a half feet to three feet long, what? and it is found on the Ferrero cactus rectospinus. Is that a fact or a fib? Let me go back to my erectospinus catalogue here. <laughs> I, find, I find one here at about 1.2 metres. 1.2 metres? Mm. Oh, no, 1.2 feet, sorry. 1.2 okay. feet. Okay, not quite sure if I'm in metres or feet right. today. Well, I'm saying... It, uh, it, it, what do you reckon, Vic? Could you possibly see an erecto <laughs> Ferrero, whatever it was, Let's with just a call spine? it Ferrero Rocher. Okay. <laughs> so it's two and a half feet usually, but they have been recorded up to three feet. Is that the I longest could, spine in the world? I could. I, I could, reckon she sounds truthful here, Pete. No, I'm, I'm going to say she's full of, full of it, mate. She's full of it. No, um, she's making this up. This could not possibly be. So you're saying it's a fact, I'm saying it's fiction. All right, Pete, you won this week. It is complete rubbish. Oh, but there is, there, is, <laughs> there is a cacti <laughs> called the Ferrera cactus rectospinus, and it has the longest spine of any cactus. They only grow up to 25 centimetres. I, tell no. you, I don't like pricing them in the nursery either. Because mm. they would cause you pain. That's it. They and do. If they were like, you know, one to two feet long, that would be yeah. just crazy. So we'll be further challenged next week, uh, What's Hot, so um, get your botanica yep. out. Thank you, Vic, and lovely to talk to you once again from Narara Valley Nursery. That is a white hot, Vic. White hot as Thank well. You. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye now. Oh, Coast FM, we're full of it today. Uh, full of great celebrities, aren't we? <laughs> we are. Coming, we've had Susan Succulent. Yeah, we've had yeah. My God. What a line And there's more out the door. They're out there. Uh, we can't the even fit them show. all in. All right, you're listening to Coast FM 963. Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963. Always some great music throughout the Gardening Gang program today. And look, I've got to tell you, Sharon. Ooh. Oh, can you hear? St- I can hear him in the background. Yes, yes. It yes. must be time to get yes. your hands dirty. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Gardening Gang being sponsored by Stop It, Steve. <laughs> Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Mm. Now, we now take you. Yes. Sheldon Darcy's desk. That's How right. How to get your hands dirty. All right, Coast, right. get those hands dirty, get those gumboots on. It's time to get out in your garden. But first, what's on for plant lovers across the Central Coast? Well, the Eco Garden up at Kinkumba is having an Eco Garden Volunteer and Share Day. I like this. It's from 9am to 11am. Well, it's not the whole day, is it? It's uh, on Saturday the 24th of February. Visit and engage with your local community garden, lend a hand to maintain the beds and get to know other like-minded people. Obviously, next weekend. Next, Yeah, well, that's right. Get it down in your gut. Next I've had, Saturday. I've had some complaints about sort of announcing these things on the day. People like to plan, so I'm, I'm coming in a, a week early for everybody. Anyway, this is a great opportunity to learn more about community gardens. So that's up at the King, that's up at the Eco Garden and it is at 20 Kingcumber Street King Cumber next weekend, next Saturday morning. Right, what's happening in your garden? Well, this week you can plant the following. Culinary herbs, beans, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, carrot, cauliflowers, celery, chicory, cress, endive, kohlrabi, leeks, parsnips. Oh, that's so cool. You can put those in now ready for your winter hot pots and stews. Pete, 
Oh, peas. Oh, you can plant peas. No, you can plant peas. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely those. Potatoes, radishes, rhubarb, and also shallots, silver beets, spring onions, spinach, and swedes and turnips. Oh, it's all about those soups, isn't it? Now, lots of autumn bulbs can start to be planted soon. That were All the spring bulbs, all the bulb catalogues are out in all the magazines at the moment. But you can also plant candy tuff, calendula, canterbury bells, cornflowers, delphinium, dianthus, everlasting daisies, forget me knots, foxgloves, gypsophila, you can also put in nasturtiums and you can put in nigella, pansies, polyanthus, primula, stock, straw flowers and Pete's favourite, wallflowers. Well, those wallflowers go well with nigella. She's gorgeous and I'm sort of <laughs> just an admirer. That's it. <laughs> and you can find out, you can look at the whole list because that's just part thereof. It's in Coast Community Newspapers out across the coast at the moment and you can also find them online at coastcommunitynews.com.au and this week I'm talking about good companion planting. We talked about it on air a couple of weeks ago and I've got a whole guide there this time. Okay, hang around for more fun with the Gardening Gang this morning right here from Coast FM. Now back to the classic hits. Weekend's here and it's Coast FM's Gardening Gang. Thanks for joining us today. We're being sponsored, of course, as we are most every, I know, every weekend Mm -hmm. by our good friends at... Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also... Doormaster. Security doors and windows at Berkeley Vale. Now we move to the mover and shaker of the RV world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be me. <laughs> this is Doreen Simpson's section. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Doreen getting out and about checking out the uh, the markets on the coast. Yes, I have been. So oh. that's a big list you got that there today. Oh, huge. yes. Well, it's the third weekend of the month, so you know what that means. Quite a few markets are on. It looks like you need an RV to get oh. around all of those. Oh, you do. You can have a little <laughs> coffee break and a little, okay. a little sleep in Let's the in Get cracking here with the market report. Right. Okay. Go for it. Edelong Fresh Food Markets are being held today at the Broken Bay Scout Hall on Picnic Parade between 8 and 1. You'll find fresh fruit and veggies, eggs and deli items on sale. The Gosford Waterfront Market is on today between 9 and 2 at the Gosford City Park. That's near Eat Street Cafe and the Drifter's Wharf. There's lots of stalls offering local produce, homemade goods, fashion, health and wellness. And the Terrigal Antique Vintage Fair is on both days this weekend at the Lions Community Hall, Russell Drysdale Street, East Gosford. You'll find unique collectibles, fine china, jewellery and designer label clothing. It's on between 8 and 3 on Saturday and 9 and 2 on Sunday. And at Terrigal, the Holy Trinity Anglican Church on Serpentine Road, Terrigal, is holding a market today between 8 and 12. The shed has lots of wonderful bargains and the usual items like electrical goods, bric-a-brac and plants. Now, Devonshire teas will be available and the church's op shop is open. Ooh. And that's it for today. Plants, plants. There's always plants at these uh, occasions, aren't there, Dory? Big favourite, yes. Sherlyn is just so wrapped in that. I was wrapped in that and the Devonshire teas, actually. Yes, I was I thinking know. that. You, Pete and I love a good mm. Devonshire tea at a market. Nothing like clotted cream, so they've got that. That's really come on, nice. girls. Yes. Come on, girls. <laughs> okay, sorry, get off the food. Off the let's get back to the, the markets. What about trail? tomorrow? Okay, tomorrow. <laughs> Tookley Lions Club markets are on near Coles Tookley between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and grab a bargain or two. Gosford City Farmers Market is being held tomorrow at the Gosford Showground between 7 and 1 and they have live entertainment. Chat to the local farmers and growers. There's a large range of fruit and veggies, eggs, deli items, fermented foods and plants. There's also international foods, coffee and snacks. And the Yamina Beach markets are being held tomorrow between 9 and 2 next to the surf club. There are lots of stalls with everything you can possibly find in a market, including gourmet hot food, arts and crafts, local fruit and deli items, and fashion. It's, now, the event is also pet-friendly, and there's an ATM on site. And for record lovers, the Peninsula Record Fair will be held tomorrow at the Woi Woi Sea Scouts Hall between 10 and 3. There will be lots of vendors selling thousands of LPs, CDs and assorted music memorabilia. Now, it's all at reasonable prices. So if you're after um, the dear old vinyl or CDs, you know, um, the things that I remember, <laughs> you can go there and find some. And to wrap it all up, for second-hand goods and specialty items, check out the Entrance Lions Club charity market being held tomorrow and every Sunday between 8.30 and 12.30 in the Denning Street car park. 
Whoa, there's a big list of activities for the weekend. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you, Doreen, for that. Now, what about your RV travels? Any plans for the weekend that you uh, want to no, no, share? No, we're actually going to do some little home duties because really? I said to my husband, Give it a we're, clean we're going away too often. We need to do something around oh, the house. Oh, tough. yes. We, we need to. Oh, uh, yes. you are so tough. <laughs> I know, I'm tough. Oh, a honey-do list. I, a honey-do list. <laughs> yes, oh, that's it. <laughs> we love you anyway. There's Doreen there and uh, Sherilyn with Pete and today's market report, part of the gang. The Gardening Gang at Coast FM 963. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on this Saturday morning enjoying food. Sherilyn, I've got one of your donuts here. Thank you so much for that. But someone's outdone you. Have they? We have a new chef joining us today. Chef Daniel from the Baker Street Restaurant in Baker Street, Gosford, mm. is joining us for the first time today. G'day, Daniel. Good morning. Good morning, Look, Chef Daniel. Can you improve on these donuts that I've got? Uh... <laughs> you know what? They're actually pretty perfect. They look fluffy. They look tasty. And uh, I- I'm on a diet, so I can't. I can't look at temptations like this. Well, okay, I'll stick with your donuts, Sheldon. Thank you. For but that. I tell you uh, what. But I'll be uh, talking to Chef Daniel about something interesting today because we're talking about cacti and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. There's a plant that is often in the garden regarded as a bit of a, a, a nuisance mm-hmm. called a prickly pear. Mm-hmm. Now, Chef Daniel. Is that an edible thing? Is it that is. something I can consume with joy? It is. It's one of the most flavoursome fruits that you'll ever have. But don't touch it because the name is actually what it intends. It will prickly your fingers oh, very, I don't very want nicely. That. So don't do that. So what we want to do is when you actually see a prickly pear, and it's around about the season now, but you got to pick them before it rains. Mm-hmm. So when it rains, like a couple of days ago it was raining, you, you see a couple of prickly pears on the cacti, you mm-hmm. want to get rid of them. You take them off and then you use your tongs. And while you're using your tongs, you want to peel them back and use your fingers as your tongs. So hang on a minute, Chef Daniel. On the prickly pear, is this a fruit that appears on This is the fruiting part of it, is yeah, it? Yeah. Okay, all it's right. It's a fruit that kind of usually comes off the, the tip of the dome of the cacti. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool, as a lot of people don't realise, is you can actually use the cactus and actually turn that into a beautiful salad as well, not just the... Fruit. Yeah, I've see. I've had that in Mexico. I've had that salad, that prickly pear ca- salad. So that's what I thought you were talking about was the actual kind of what we so call the leaves. So they taste nothing like a pear. So Cactus. the fruit, so the fruit essentially though. will taste like a sugary pear, ah. but more like almost the firmness of a soft apple. Not so mm. much of a soft pear or a firm pear. You want to think of a soft apple. Right. And it kind of melts and dissolves in your mouth. And it actually gives you this wonderful sweetness. But it also has the stability to be poached or to actually be baked in a tart. So if we get some pomegranate mm-hmm. and put some, like, make like a pomegranate sauce or a pomegranate gel, mm-hmm. put that in the bottom of a tart, put the prickly pear over the top, and then put some sugar, bake it off, and let that sugar brulee. All mm-hmm. of a sudden it pops that sweetness in that prickly pear gorgeously. Goodness. And could we have it with ice cream then? Because oh, I love ice yes, cream. Yes, <laughs> Vanilla bean ice cream. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've got a solution. I want to know how you peel a prickly pear, though. Because obviously, you must have to peel that fruit when you were... Yeah. Yeah, so basically what you'll do is you hold the pear down with some tongs. Right. And then you make four slits on the side, very, very thin slits. Mm-hmm. And then with another pair of tongs while you're holding it down, you actually grab the top of the pear and you take them take the skin off. Uh-huh. So you're actually taking them off in four different kind of segments. Oh, I see, yes. But you're only just slitting down enough just from the skin into the fruit. You don't want to actually cut the fruit itself. Right. And then you actually peel it nice and whole and then you just dice it up and eat it. Best so you can example. eat it raw? You yeah, can yeah, eat it raw? Yeah, eat it raw. Ah. So the best example is actually kind of like a dragon fruit. Ah, so yes. So prickly pears, dragon fruits, kind of the same texture, same flavour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get it. You tempted, Pete? I don't think I've ever seen them in uh, in, in Woolies for sale, though. Daniel? Sometimes I've seen them a couple of times, but one of the maybe things an I've Asian always restaurant would they have? Yeah, them? a little bit like some of those Asian kind of grocers. But the best thing to do, and one thing I always say, is build up a relationship again with your local fruit and veg provider. Like mm-hmm. I say, with your meat uh, butcher and your deli and you know your local brewery even. Mm. But once you build up that relationship with these uh, people that live it and breed it, you could just go up to them and say, hey, guys, do you reckon I can get some prickly pears? Yep, they're coming in season now. I'll get you a box. And then they get it and then you get a couple and you try them because they're right. really a fantastic. And I'll give you a quick little recipe. Really, really tasty. Cut up the prickly pears and dice it up. Sprinkle a little bit of tequila. 
over the top. Ooh. Chop up some chili, a little bit of coriander, mm-hmm. and just some olive oil. Toss that through. If you want, you can put some capsicum and onion and things like that. But no but, ice cream. And yeah, that one. This one's a salad, right? You want to have this with like barramundi. <laughs> oh, you want to have it with some fish. Yes. And you make like this kind of prickly pear um, salsa over top of a beautiful piece of baked fish. And oh, it's really tasty. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I was thinking? Sounds fish gorgeous. tacos. I was going, I could put that on a fish taco, Chef Daniel. Oh, Yum. Definitely. Every week we'll talk to Chef Daniel from the Baker Street restaurant in Gosford all about what is happening on the dinner table. And he's got some good ideas. He's got great ideas. Good to see you. Good to see you guys You're back next week? Can't wait. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here together with the gardening gang this morning. Mm. And Cheryl, are you a a runner? Do you run... (laughs) Around the streets of... Have a look uh, at me. Do I look like a runner? Well, you're pretty fit. <laughs> I walk. I walk. I don't, I I don't run. I around that area mm, you live at Lake Munmora. I walk the dogs. I walk my... Well, do you yes. carry one of those uh, kind of aluminium or stainless steel containers of water? A water bottle. Yeah, I've got, I've got one here. I've or got one here. just take a bottle of Coke with you. What do you do? <laughs> no, I've got, got a bottle of water here, Pete. Okay. Now, yes. there's an article we came across the other day. Mm-hmm. I was quite surprised about this poor lady, woman, mm. maybe a woman your age, mm. uh, young, and uh, she was getting major illnesses right. for about a year till they diagnosed that there were germs in her water bottle. Ooh, yes, I, now, oh, yes. Now, how would that come about? Wasn't oh. she washing it out effectively? Probably not. No, probably not washing it out. I think people look at their water bottles and think, oh, well, I'm sort of flushing it out. You think so? And yeah, out, yeah, yeah. You can get really, really sick from waterborne illnesses by not washing those containers out. And I look, I don't actually like the stainless steel one, if that's what you were sort of saying, because you can't see inside of it, see what's going on. But even so, a lot of these microbes that aren't very good for you, you, you can't see them anyway. It doesn't look like mold or anything like that. But you need to be so careful with these bottles. You know, many years ago, mm. uh, the staple food in a family, mum, 100 years ago, yep. was beer because <laughs> it was from made from boiled water. Yeah, and sterilised bottles. whereas the town water wasn't as crisp as it is mm, today, mm, mm. Uh, the beer, yep. having had, uh, you know... Gone through sterilisation and all that sort of stuff and Even better. the kids would consume the yeah. beer. But I tell you what, if you've ever had... Uh, if you've ever had Babies, children that have had, have been bottle fed at any point, like even if you've breastfed, usually supplement or some people do. Yep. Uh, you know that there's a whole process. I remember the Milton tablets that you used to have to buy and make up that mixture. And, you know, that's what you used to do. You used to have that great big tub and you did that with the bottles and all that because you'd have to get rid of the germs. Well, you should do the same thing for yourself. So that's what I actually do with my water bottles. I do the old fashioned Milton tablets that you get from the supermarket. And I wash and scrub them out. I've had a look at some articles that say, look, as long as you wash it out with hot soapy water, make sure that everything dries completely. That's the thing. People leave it there sort of damp and wet and and not drying out completely in between Ah, uses and just completely refilling all the time. But look, I I soak mine in the Milton or a dash of bleach is good. But look, go the the Milton baby tablets (laughs) and that will sterilise your bottles. And I do that once a week. I've been sick too many times from not my bottles, but from different things that uh, I'm, well, I'm almost phobic about it. So the I feel takeaway today is wash your water bottles. Scrub them out. And or take a beer with <laughs> you instead. <laughs> Coast FM always got a solution with the gang here on Saturday morning. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here with uh, the gardening gang today. And being a Saturday morning and being as we are, Mm-hmm. Locked in the studio, <laughs> thinking about our pets at home, playing up. We're going to talk to Tanya. From I our know. Pet vet is very popular on pet the radio. Pet vet nurse Tanya Middleton. Hello. Hello How are you? Hello. Now today's topic, uh, Tanya, is I'm sure one that's very close to your heart, and you've probably been quizzed about this before, but we haven't done it on the radio show, and that is what kind of breeds of dogs would you recommend? For first-time pet owners. Now, you wouldn't get one of those sailor dogs like Shola. A boxer? Not first-time, surely, would you? Um, I think you would. They're a great family dog. I'm I'm not the expert. I don't want to suppose this Mm -hmm. one. Tanya, what are your thoughts on the best? Let's start off with maybe a a family, first-time dog. Okay, first-time mm. dog owner. Mm. What would you recommend? Mm. A couple of options for that family. 
What breeds? Yeah, yeah. Look, if you've never had a dog before, I think the, I think something to look out for is you, you don't want a dog that is super dominant. Um, you know, a dog breed that is super dominant. And you don't want... Like a rock you know, uh no. Well, no, and you don't, you don't want a dog that is known for dominance and you don't want a dog that is known for being really stubborn or mm. you don't want a super well, large breed dog. Well, I'm looking really for the uh, recommend, not the not, well, I'm looking <laughs> for one that you recommend, you not the ones <laughs> we don't want. I want to know what would be suitable, Tan, you know. I think something easy, something, you know, perhaps like, Oh goodness! Like a little cavoodle or a cavalier, oh. you know, and it's just some something easy. But it's got to depend on your family, you know. Mm. There's no point getting something like Labradors are always a good choice for a family, but mm-hmm. a Labrador is a big dog. So if you're not going to walk it, it is going to be a problem dog. Mm. You know, if your family's not going to play with it, um, and you know, take it for walk. It is going to cause problems. Okay. Okay. So but circumstances got, is very important too, I suppose. You know. Well, absolutely. Yeah. But then you've got dogs like you know Alaskan Malamutes and you know Akitas, Japanese Akitas that are extra large breed dogs, mm. beautiful dogs, but they they you know people say they're dumb, but they're not dumb. They're very very intelligent. They're stubborn. But they are very stubborn. And yep. if you don't have experience with large breed dogs, mm. you know, you shouldn't get one because they yeah. are going to run rings around you. This is what people okay. say about boxes. I know I talk about them all the time because <laughs> I have them. And I adore them. I've only ever had boxes ago, but I'm up to my seventh boxer. And yeah. people dump them a lot because they don't understand that they're, they're not dumb. Some people say they're dumb. They're stubborn and playful and silly. Like they just love to play silly games, need lots mm. of exercise. And they don't, my daughter says, Boxes don't have an off switch, which is so true. Mm. You have to have the, mm-hmm. you have to have patience. They they it don't. It would drive me crazy. They and they have to be next to you. They have to be. I yeah. would be beside myself. No, no, the boxer in they're my full life. On. Absolutely. We actually we call our our rescue one and a half dogs. The, the deaf one. <laughs> a deaf boxer is the same as having one and a half dogs. So we say we've got two and a half dogs now because we go no a deaf one is one and a half dogs. Anyway. Carry on, Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting there. Yeah. Well, that might be. And you're absolutely right. And I think I think breed research is definitely definitely a thing. You mm. need to research your breed, and you know the pounds are full of things, daffies and mm. daffy crosses, and and you know bulldogs and things like that. People think they're cute when they're little, but then they they just can't they can't control them, and you need to be prepared to put in the effort, the training, and the exercise. Mm. They're the two things for all breeds of dogs, whether it's a, you know, a Maltese or a Great Dane. Yes, these things start off as little and cute, but, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to put the work in. Mm. And all of this being said about breeds, the pounds are full of dogs. Um, yeah. But I, I really do think it's those, those giant breeds and, those high energy breeds that you <laughs> you do really need to do your research on. And I imagine that in these hard times too, Tan, that the cost should be the cost of maintenance, food and medication and all those other things that go with it must be taken into account as well. Uh, you know, some families are in need of a pet, but they may not have the brass to... Uh, shall we say, take it up a notch to an expensive one. That would would be another thing of breed research, having a look at things. I mean, you can't guarantee everything, but there are breeds that are just more prone to When we were looking for an animal back uh, when we were first married, um, we we got a collie. Oh. And they were a dime a dozen at the uh, pet. uh, You you don't see too many collies in families these days, do you? No, you don't see as many as as Mm. I feel like you you used to. Oh. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're great dogs. But, yeah, you don't see, you definitely don't see as many. Let's switch around now. Look at, uh, say, say um, an older person. They're in a unit by themselves or a house by themselves mm-hmm. and need a pet to look after. And uh, what would you think would be let's, – let's open the whole checkbook here and say if money was no object, what breed of a dog would you say, Tan? Look, I think that – Despite their, you know, somewhat health concerns, I, I think Cavaliers are great for 
for that type of situation, mm. um, living in an apartment, because they're, they're happy to just chill, but yet they will go out and go for a walk if, if you want them to. Mm. Um, I think they're great little dogs. I think living in an apartment, you don't want a big, a big dog. Mm. Um, I am a bit of a Cavalier fan. Um, I, I like them too. I have to admit, that's King I, Charles, I, King Charles Cavalier. When I'm when I'm a little old lady, that's my choice, Pete. That's it. I'm like, I'll go from boxes, it's extremes here, to a King Charles Cavalier. I think they're so sweet and lovable. And let's face it, the king is named after. Oh, there you go, King, the king Charles. King Charles <laughs> is our man. It's a different you know? King Charles. <laughs> He's on the coin now. Good advice there from uh, Tanya Middleton, our pet vet today. If you're looking around for a pet for your on the first shopping occasion, for a dog, shopping for a dog, there's some nice ideas there from Tanya today. Thank you, Tan, and uh, we'll we'll see you uh, next week with another challenge in the pet vet segment here. Thanks, guys. And you know, you should check out our local animal rescue organisations as well, because as Tanya said, there's lots of pets out there looking for homes. You're listening to Coast FM 963, and you're at home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sheldon Darcy here this morning with the Gardening Gang and Lachlan McDonald is joining us today. Lachlan, good morning to you. Good morning, mate. Morning. Now, I was doing a few sums the other day because I'm kind of thinking our house could be almost ready for sale and I'm doing the numbers based on buying something else, you see. I worked out that uh, if I was to buy a house for about 1.25 mil, I'm going to fork out $50,000 in transfer fee. They used to call it stamp duty. It's now called the transfer fee, I believe. Mm-hmm. That is horrendous. Back back in the day, we bought a house for about 70000 I think I paid the enormous sum of about three grand. Now, it's mm-hmm. out of all proportion. It is, And the government are coming on about the need for more housing, get people inspired, or the older people to downsize, etc., etc., but we're whack with this enormous transfer fee that uh, is it's, it's, it's just a rip-off, I think. What are the thoughts of the real estate industry? Well, Peter, much much the same. Uh, I think that it is something which is it's in its current form outdated. They haven't updated it significantly in many, many years, and obviously we've seen property prices increase to such a degree that the, the model that they're currently using um, basically lands most people paying the absolute sort of maximum stamp duty or transfer. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the, the, you mentioned and you the, was a great example there, there, Pete. I think that's the, the probably the, the biggest one is people looking to downsize. Now, I imagine that a lot of first home buyers or younger homeowners are thinking, oh, you know, poor retiree in their big $2 million house needing to downsize, <laughs> you know, et cetera. But it's actually making it more difficult for the younger homeowners to get into the market because what's happening is exactly what you mentioned. People are doing their sums. They're looking at what they will have left over. Now, if they do sell their big $2 million house and downsize into something smaller, most people will be left with enough money that they won't be able to get the pension. So they're thinking, if that's the case, we have to either stay in this home or we have to make sure that we've got enough money left over to, coupled with our super, provide us with our retirement. Yes, um, so yes. When good you're point. So yep. when you're looking at losing fifty dollars to $100,000 of that amount, of those uh, savings or that retirement fund. To buy back in, yep, yep. To buy back in with the stamp duty or the transfer fee, it can be enough to make a lot of people not make the move. And that's putting a big blockage in housing supply for families that are upgrading and genuinely need these larger homes for their growing family. Mm-hmm. I can understand that perfectly. Now, is that particular uh, incident you just uh, referred to there on the agenda or has been presented to government in, in terms of the whole uh, review of uh, the state of home, particularly Sydney, yeah. particularly Sydney and Central Coast, Newcastle? Pete, it's been put forth and, you know, passed over and, uh, talked about for, for many years, um, but nothing really uh, has substantial has happened about it. And I think the reality is that it's too good a money spinner for the government. If you look at oh, how yes. much revenue it brings in, tax revenue, um, you know, one of the most lucrative sources of revenue, um, you know, okay. especially in the Sydney market. So there's not really any incentive 
for the government to, you know, or any government, no matter who's in power, to actually look at removing or reducing that. And the Real Estate Institute has lobbied for years uh, around trying to make this um, a more modern and up-to-date system, but it unfortunately appears to just fall on deaf ears. Well, in that case, there's no point me complaining about it, I guess. Well, I mean, Pete, I think, uh, you know, there's always, as, as with anything, I should say, uh, lack of sort of, I guess, understanding from the public's point of view can be part of it too. If more people are understanding of what's actually uh, happening and, and why we need this to change, mm-hmm. um, obviously that will start to drive the sort of, uh, drive the change in itself. Well, mate, when the money is flowing like that. It must be like money for jam. It's like gold in them, their hills for almost doing nothing. These transfer fees don't cost a lot of money to produce. So, Pete, if we look at another tax, the luxury car tax, that was put in place to protect the local vehicle manufacturing industry. Now, we don't produce vehicles like we used to. There's no Holden Ford production like there used to be in this country, but the tax stayed. And it's at a level where most family SUVs that people are buying are actually above the luxury car tax now. So you're going and buying just a what you'd call previously a humble family vehicle. It's now attracting luxury car mm. tax in most cases. Mm. So that's another example of an, a quite outdated tax, but it's just too lucrative for anyone to really care enough about um, modernising it. Well, there you go, Lachlan. It's one of those uh, weird things. And with bracket creep, when we talk about bracket creep with uh, wages and taxation, but bracket creep in regard to the stamp duty is just, you know, uh, it's, a, it's, a lost, it's a lost case in terms of the average, uh, the average person. Yeah, unfortunately so, Pete, unfortunately so. But fingers crossed if, uh, you know, this, uh, well, as this housing supply, you know, issue continues to be, a problem across the country, these things will continue to get put on the table. And if people know about it and care enough about it to start making enough noise about it, then obviously governments will have to start to listen. Well, words of wisdom there from Lachlan. We uh, enjoy having a bit of a chat about the, the, you know, the world at large in terms of real estate. Thank you, mate, for that. Coast FM with the Garden Gang, Lachlan McDonald there from Ray White McDonald Partners every Saturday morning. Thanks, guys. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on the radio this morning. We're going to sort of stand by mm-hmm. and give uh, Mish a go after the news because she's got the What's On show. In the meantime, Sherilyn, what's coming up next week with the gardening? I'm so Damn. excited. Next week it's getting ready for autumn. Yay! Let's hey, do hey, it. hey, hey, hey. Hang on. What? It's still in the height of summer. Yeah, no, you've got to what get... What are you doing talking about autumn? No, you've got to get ready, Pete. You can't just sit there, wait for the leaves to start falling and go, what will I do? You've got to get out out there, you've waiting got to... for the leaves to fall. <laughs> no, you have to prep your gardens. You have to go and buy your seeds, buy your bulbs, and get in there. You and dig gardeners in. are obsessed, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> no, we're obsessed with the seasons, <laughs> oh, Pete. That's geez. it. We're going to get ready for autumn, and we'll also get ready for winter too. Just to just a spite, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be here to kind of just put up with it all. Ah, yes. <laughs> and and we'll catch you next week, uh, eight o'clock till ten, with the gardening gang right here, at Coast FM, next Saturday morning. See you then. Mish standing by with what's on after the news.